Up next on Inside Champ Car, talking the hard stuff. Up next on Inside Champ Car, talking the hard stuff. Up next on Inside Champ Welcome to Inside Champ Car. I'm Brian Belansky. Guy above me, that's Bill Strong. Guy next to us, you know him. He's Kyle Lockro. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Brian? What, Bill, everybody out there, Champ Car Nation, what's going on tonight? Hey. Welcome. I swear I heard an echo. I heard an echo. I was just Did playing with you. Did you do that you. on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> Freak me out. I just started deleting windows. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Sorry, the, guys. That was not me this time. That's the, awesome, though. Thanks, the, Brian. Those I just of, figured my grandparents' house was haunted. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> we got Hubert here, by the way. Whenever whenever something happens in this house that I can't explain, we blame it on Hubert. Ah. Yeah. So, welcome to the yeah. show. For those of you who were with us last week, uh, we had some uh, we had some stuff Never going happened. on. Never happened. I, just, I don't know what. Trolling drill. Okay. Bill, because every time we do start the show, Bill plays the music back in my ear right at the start, and it freaks me out. So this time I get to, I get to play with Bill just a little bit. So. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> now so, I got to find all those emails again. <laughs> so, Kyle, I said that we're, we're going to talk the hard stuff. And here's why I said that. So, it's my opinion that if you have a bucket full of money, racing's easy. Right? It's You're not, not wrong. You can pretty much, you if can, you have a blank check in racing or if you have any type of big fortune you can pretty much write your own fate in That's racing right. it doesn't matter if it's imsa nascar no matter what the division is you pretty can much pay your own way at that point yeah. pretty much money buys speed money buys teammates money buys crew money buys cars money doesn't necessarily buy talent but you can go to classes and, <laughs> and drive a lot more and, and you can get some more talent so money solves a lot of problems in motorsports um and yes and no <laughs> it, you know, it, it also, also creates create some problems yeah. <laughs> but it, with, can cre- it can create roadblocks but i i plead the fifth there you go um but you need it to go racing and some people have nice big jobs where they can afford their race cars others want to go get sponsorship and that's one of the things we're going to talk to you about because you do stuff on lots of different levels including professionally and i don't know anybody who goes professional racing who doesn't have sponsors so how do i get a sponsor <laughs> Give me one tip. Well, no, just kidding. <laughs> well, well you've got to be what, willing. I, I think the big question is how do you get a sponsor and and then keep it? How do you keep it? Uh, yeah. That's the hard part. Well, if you're a lot of the people today, the going trend seems to be you, um, you under-promise and just continue to just push a lot of – the wrong buttons list, let's say. But right. the real way you need to do it is you need to find a way to be different. I mean, there is there's a lot of money out there and there are some untapped markets that a lot of people haven't hit yet, that we haven't hit yet in racing. And you have to be different, but you also have to be a jack of all trades. So right. it, you have to, it's not just slap a sticker on a car anymore. Guy gives you, let's say, $10,000 to go racing. There is so much more that goes on with an activation, driver involvement, metrics, social media. I mean, you name it. It went from just very simple back in the heyday, but now there's just there's so many more factors. It you can't 
you, you, almost you can't do it by yourself anymore, right? Because you need a team. And, and I'm not talking about well, the team that works on the cars because it, it's all of that stuff you just talked about, activation, social media. If you're a race car driver and a car owner, you've got all that stuff to do. And the other stuff to service the sponsors is, is like three more full-time jobs. Oh, it, it's incredible. I mean, you look at a lot of your bigger NASCAR teams and look at your bigger IMSA teams. They've got a plethora of guys and girls that are out there pounding the pounding the phones, pounding email lists, pounding databases, just pounding the streets itself and hitting these businesses that can get there. You get a small guy like myself and our team with KLR Management Group, we have two people. It's myself and my wife, Tanya. Right. I mean, that's really all it is. I mean, we... We pretty much do everything. And then along with representation for myself, we represent six other drivers. Yeah. How do you make that work? Do you have like 18, uh, eight, 29 <laughs> hours in your day? How do you do How it? Do you attempt um, to make 24-7 is, is a myth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, honestly, we just have an awesome relationship to where we can balance it. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, there's late nights, there's overnight drives where we're sleeping in a parking lot headed to a race or showering at a love's truck stop trying to go meet with a potential sponsor or going and doing what we need to do to, to make things happen but a lot of it is her dedication and the work that she does she's become very good at selling these sponsorships and it's hard it, yeah. it's so hard because unfortunately we are paying for the sins of others is the best way I, not, not to sound religious but we are paying for the sins of others is the best way to describe it where Companies or organizations have been overpromised and underdelivered on numerous occasions, and then unfortunately, a company, ABC, you know, small business, midsize, or a multi-million-dollar enterprise, they get a bad taste in their mouth, and they think we're all the same. Right. And unfortunately, it takes a guy like me to go, "No, we're not all the same." Stop making me pay for the sins of the big guys who don't care. Right. And to you, they're just a number. To me, what what. Let's say, I'll give you an example. What some of the top tier, without giving names of teams, without top, what the top tier teams in NASCAR and IMSA are probably charging for five races, I could probably do almost my whole truck season on that. Right. If that if that gives you any indication. And you talk about the Craftsman Truck Series, right? Correct. The Craftsman Truck Series. And even a little bit if you sprinkle the ARCA Series in there. So, there are some and decent that's, mid-level ARCA rides. That's so. 20, what, what's your season? 22 races, 24 races? Uh, I believe it's 23 races okay. this year. Yeah, Don't yeah. quote me on that one. I know there was some up and down with the schedule with throwing around, going back to Canada and stuff. I believe it's 23 races, but don't right. quote me on it. So for the team that I have the affiliation with for this year, uh, we made a change, but I can't say anything about it yet. Um, the team has asked that they want to do the announcement once we get everything finalized. So I'm absolutely going to respect that. Sure. Um, I can probably do a race for them. Let's say between 50 and 60,000 a race, which realistically it, it sounds like a big number, but when you're looking at the bigger teams, in the truck series that are asking 125, 130 race, especially for the super speedways. Right. Um, that's actually a pretty good bargain. Um, yeah. And you're, you get a lot and you can actually spread it out. And as you do more races, the cost essentially goes down because you're spreading it farther, but sure. it, it's hard to sell that, especially in the market that we're in right now. And especially after today, I mean, look at what the Dow did with the, the, the percentage yeah. drop with the the jobs report and the inflation report that came out. 
that scares these CEOs. That scares a lot of these decision makers because then they're just trying to keep the lights on at that point. And they're saying, well, how am I going to justify throwing $50,000 at a racing program when I'm just trying to make payroll this week? And we completely understand that. But on the other side of that, when you get the over-promising and under-delivering, when the market does get good or when they have to do marketing because they need to still sell their product or services, it may be more cost-effective to go with a guy like me with my program. But then, unfortunately, they've had a bad taste in their mouth by a driver who didn't live up to his end of the bargain. Right. And then that's where we start running into problems and we run into those roadblocks where sometimes we've heard and we've experienced it takes three years to sign a sponsor. Right. How I, is- saw, I saw somewhere today on Facebook where a driver had posted up that he won't be attending the 500 because of some sponsor issues. Uh, there's a couple of those. I know what you're talking about. One of them was one of them was Matt DiBenedetto in the truck series, or, or I'm sorry, in Xfinity. There was a something went down in the negotiations. He was originally supposed to go with a team. Something didn't go right in the negotiations. I don't know. I've just heard it through the rumor mill. So he opted to back out. I think he just didn't. He got a hinky feeling. Matt's a pretty smart guy. He's been in these, you know treacherous conditions before he he wanted to save his reputation and not get involved in something which i totally respect and understand that rather get out before the going gets bad and then reputations get tarnished the other situation you're referring to is probably greg biffle so the 44 team which is ny racing new york racing um it's a small team they've only run a few races mainly super speedway a couple intermediate tracks for those that don't know that's like your 1.5 mile kansas charlotte texas So they've run a few races. Biffle has done some driving for the team for his experience. What they're doing is is just having him give feedback to help develop the equipment. Um, Everybody just made the assumption with a lot of your people that tend to jump the gun in the media instead of waiting for something official to come out because that never happens in racing. Hmm. Um, Unfortunately, what happened was um, they came out, everybody saw it, and because they assumed Biffle had driven for the team, they went, oh, well, they haven't announced the driver. It's going to be Biffle. And Biffle decided to put out a statement saying, no, I wish the team the best of luck. We didn't right. come to terms for that this year. I'm, I have other obligations. Unfortunately, I won't be in the 500. So that's what you're referring to. Yeah, they they, they had posted up some pictures or something, and mm-hmm. I guess it, his name was on it somewhere. Well, and, and there's also even the flip side of that. You know, there there's bad actors on the sponsor side, too you know, who promise this and promise that and then don't deliver the check, you know. You don't, you don't say, we've, I've never experienced that in racing in my life. I have never experienced, no, I've never experienced when you go through those, those lovely sponsor negotiations and neither has Tanya where you're pushing and you go through all this effort and then all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to stick with what I had. And finally, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually challenge, we were in one of the, um, one of the events at PRI, and it was one of the things, um, the meetings that they were having, and where everybody could go in and listen. I forget. Um, education. Thank you. She's in the background coaching me because I just <laughs> yeah because yeah, I can you know I can just turn left and right. So um, anyway, we were in there, and I finally got up and I wanted to ask because I've seen this so many times, and we have continued to find have defined the definition of insanity in racing, and here's what I'm talking. So, okay, we let's say we sign a one-year deal with somebody, and they say, okay, things are great. Everybody lives up to their obligations starting at Daytona or Road Atlanta. Let's use Champ Car, for example. 
and everything's good at Road Atlanta, things are okay at NCM. Let's get to Daytona in April or whatever. Well, all of a sudden the driver's like, oh, they're good, we're fine. We've done our minimum of five social media posts. We've done, we've slapped a sticker on the car. I danced around in a commercial on social media to make them feel good. And then they don't do anything the rest of the summer and spring. Then renegotiation period comes around and sponsors like, well, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And it gets into a whole other issue. But then you get a guy like myself or somebody else that comes in, gets into a negotiation saying, hey, we didn't see much of you. We've seen you in the series. Here's what we can do to make us better. We go through like a six to eight month process with them. But then at the end of the year, these CEOs, CFOs, and COOs, they and they're creatures of habit, just like everybody. They don't like change. And I finally called them out. And I said, why do you guys continue to do this every season? And I even said, your biggest offenders at the pro and and national and international levels, why do you continue to reward them for not, for over-promising and under-delivering? And it actually got the room very, very quiet. And they couldn't give me an answer. (laughs) And I wanted to know because we continue to go through this process and we go through everything that they ask. We tell them, we show them what we can do. We give them freebies here and there to show them we're different, which is exactly what Alex Stryler told us to do, who was supposed to be the sponsorship guru. And I did that and we've done that. And unfortunately, we've fallen short. And the frustrating part about it was, is I, I... brought it up because I said, why should we continue to do this if you guys don't reward us and you continue to reward the the repeat offenders? And honestly, they really couldn't answer. Yeah. How how important is it to take to a new sponsorship negotiation the the um recommendation of past sponsors who've who you have over delivered from and they can write you a good you know recommendation or however it's done in the sponsor world um does that does that help you oh absolutely word of mouth and what you do goes a long way um you'll see on my hat um mpi everybody knows max pappas knows who he is from 1996 on when max made that phenomenal run at 96 at the Rolex to what he's done to driver coaching to his business with the steering wheels and just what he's done in development and driver coaching. Max is one of the premier guys on a road course. I have been working on a relationship with MPI for a couple of years. I finally last year got signed as an ambassador. The work I had done and I plugged them and I'm sure you guys have seen that. I know Bill's probably seen it where I've seen the tags and tried to encourage them to buy the wheels and encourage the series I, you know, to try to work with them and stuff. But it's just putting their name out there, like we talked about earlier, pushing these guys, showing them, getting people to buy their product, trusting that brand. We had a lot of success. They've been very, very happy with what it was. And they actually recommended me to another organization and told me, you need to go talk to this individual. And they said, you tell them we sent you over there. And I did. And we had a very, very great discussion and we are in line for another program to be a part of where there may be some monetary coming our way, but it's just developing those relationships where they start out as even product deals. You have to start out small, give them the biggest bang for their buck. The biggest thing a lot of people don't understand in the sponsorship world is ROI. Return on investment is huge. If you're, if they give you $500, you need to find a way to make them a thousand dollars. If they give you 10 grand, you need to find a way to make them 30 grand. And it's being proactive. It's hitting social media hard. It's putting their name out there. It's goofy plugs, like putting a drink up and taking a swig of their product. 
it looks so shameless and you look like a used car salesman but you have to do it but you also have to be genuine exactly there you go <laughs> is that the opal bill no <laughs> it's the other one i'm not gonna let these guys win well <laughs> kyle's already got got it in at 16 minutes oh yes he did we're yes, halfway there we're halfway there <laughs> Um, Bill, give it right back to me. You know, like, you yeah. know, you know, I enjoy having fun with you guys. Throw anything right back at me, bud. It's That's all, all right. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Um, what's the? Can, you got a story for us? I mean, you. you uh, let's a, a good sponsorship outcome and a bad sponsorship outcome. Can you share? I obviously don't name names because that doesn't help you at all. Okay. Unless you want to name the good sponsorship, definitely. You know, well, give, give them some the credit. Good ones for sure. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I got um, a whole list over here. That... <laughs> <laughs> We've all got a list of the bad ones that we don't want to say. I, th- I think I, I think we unrolled that earlier. We were going over stuff, and I think it rolled out like a scroll across two rooms of my grandparents' house. Oh, I can tell you today we we talked with Mark Link from Frozen Rotors, had a really good conversation. They're happy with what we've been doing, and they were going to be working with Paul here to get a new commercial sorted out, and uh, uh, we'll be playing that back and forth, and I told them we'd play it on here as well. So in Candelaria we spoke to today, um, or sent them an email today to kind of work on a commercial for, for this spot because they are a sponsor of the uh, Inside Champ Car. So it's, you know, with the Sentinel video system. So we're, you know, Champ Car is getting more and more involved with sponsors. Um, this business is costing us uh, an absolute ton of cash, hmm. as, uh, you know, we've found out over the last uh, six months. And it takes a lot of cash to keep this place going. And part of that is to help have sponsors come on and give us a hand. And, uh, you know, of course, now we have to give back and, and help them out as well. So. Right. Well, and, and, but it can't I, just be you guys. It can't just be the officials. It can't just be the sanctioning body. We right. as the competitors, and I take this upon myself. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ryan. I'm really yeah, sorry. I good. just want to put this oh, out I there. Did. And I'm challenging every one of you, every single one of you that are in that champ car garage that run in that series and 140 of you or 20 of you that are going to be entered for that Daytona race. You guys have to tag all of the sponsors, regardless of if they are in your class or not. Champ Car needs the help. We have thousands of guys in that garage, whether it's drivers, crew guys, family members, significant others, uh, the crazy little brother that we throw over the wall to randomly do a pit stop because <laughs> we're we just want to expose them to a, a crazy situation or whatever. But we all need to tag Champ Car. We need to tag Tire Rack. We need to tag Frozen Rotors. We need to tag AutoZone. We need to tag Sentinel. Everybody that is involved, Discovery Parts. Everybody that is involved. In that Champ Car series, we need to be tagging them on all of our social media channels. That is how they get the clicks. That is how they get the attention. That is the, Those are the one of the biggest metrics that they will use when they go into renegotiation with Bill and Chelsea and everybody in Champ Car as to whether they see us as a viable option and whether they're going to look at our competitor, Lucky Dog, as a better option or go to AER or go to WRL right. or look at a different series. We And I know, that's a ba- I know those are bad words. <laughs> but I'm just being honest. I'm being upfront with you. We have to show why we are different. We have to show why Champ Car is the place to be. And and for those who don't know, who aren't in this social media game, 
you know, all of these big companies have social media departments. They can run a report at the end of each day or at the end of each week or at the end of each month, and they can see how many times their hashtag has come up across all yes. of the social media world. They can also track where that hashtag came from. So when they do their report at the end of the month and they see Tyrax sees that I got 700 hashtags out of Champ Car from Daytona, they can actually mm -hmm. get that data. That's the that's the the wonderful part and the not so wonderful part of the internet. When I when I came up through television, all we had were ratings and and ratings were like people writing in a diary and we didn't even know if they were really writing in you know the right stuff in a diary. Now the data is 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 out there and it's it's so easy to get because it's built into the algorithms to get the data. So these companies know when we're doing the jobs we're supposed to do. Um, and one of the things a series can do, and it's not just Champ Car, it's a series I work with on a regular basis, is to send out to their teams at the start of every race weekend. These are the hashtags you should use this weekend. Um, Tim said, uh, Tim, Timothy Elliott said, us old guys don't understand much of that. So why are we as series making it more difficult for the folks who might not be as savvy, you know, send out in well, the driver packet, what are the hashtags we, you should be using this weekend? All I have to do is cut and paste it. Well, here's what I can recommend through the KLR management group for any of you guys that are in the garage. If you need any help or you need any guidance, come find myself or Tanya if we are in the paddock. Or if you want, if you go to my website at kylelockrow.com, you can reach out to us. If any of you guys that are doing that are, that do this, that are trying to do it more on a regular basis, if you're trying to entertain sponsors, we can give you some guidance and do some consultation and coaching with you to help you and help you understand it. For the older guys, we can walk, work with you and coach you and show you how to do it. And we can even show you some old school kind of methods on how to do it and make it fun. You want to make it fun. And it's not just, it's quality over quantity. I know that everybody talks about, oh, it's just throwing darts against the wall. No, that's not the way you do it. You've got to make it to where it stands out. You've got to make it to where it's entertaining and it's funny. And you know what? Sometimes you have to push that boundary a little bit. And along with the hashtags, you have to tag their actual page. If they have a page where they're pushing information out, if they're pushing ads, um, like for example, with MPI, you'll see if you go to my social media, especially on the Instagram and Facebook, you will see me with links to certain products that MPI is pushing. I also an ambassador for Victory Junction, the camp that the Petties built in honor of Kyle's son, Adam. I'm an ambassador for them to try to help raise money for those children that go to that camp that, you know, that have chronic illnesses and that deal with various disabilities so they can just get treatment that they want, but also just be able to be kids for a week at no cost to their families. I am always constantly pushing wish lists that Victory Junction has, any programs that they're doing. And it's just, it's going above and beyond those hashtags, tagging any services, any products that they've got. If you've got a product sponsor, push the living crap out of it. Yep. You know, Don't bombard your people, but two to three times a week, there's no reason if they're pushing a system, like for example, Lifeline, if they have a new fire suppression system out, it's not, there's nothing wrong with us occasionally throwing something out there because the more people buy Lifeline fire suppression systems, that money that comes back into the company, they might reinvest. Where say they only gave Champ Car, I'm just going to throw a number out here. Don't, you know, take this. Say they gave Champ Car $5,000. Well, if we continue to push their products and do it correctly and efficiently and do it respectfully, and that's the thing, we have to do it in respect because you're looking at it from there as a representative of that company, right. per se, because they're investing in Champ Car. What you need to do is you need to do it respectfully, but push it out there and put a link out there. 
you want to make it quick and easy for people to where they can do it. And honestly, for the old school guys, give them a business card, give them a phone number that they can contact somebody. Grassroots marketing is still very much a useful tool. Right. One of the other things I always tell people, about, like, well, I can't show a sponsor what I could do because I don't have a sponsor. Okay, I get that. Pick a charity that you like and let them be your sponsor and go all in on showing how you could help this and, and do all of the stuff you would do for a regular sponsor, but do it for a charity, help them out and then document all of that and use that as your sponsor deck. Here's what I did for Par Parkinson's society. What, pick, pick whatever is that means something to you and, and, and pretend like they're your sponsor and do everything for that charity like you would for a paying sponsor. And then when you go to a paying sponsor, You've got a proof of performance right there for them. It costs you just time and effort usually, and you can show them what you can do. There's lots of ways to do it. I hear lots of excuses and not a lot of action. It's also it's not part of the excuses. They don't know how to do it effectively right. and properly. But that's, but that's also how you learn. We can come in and show you exactly. Right. But we can also, if you come to us, we can show you how to do it. We can show you some of the tricks of the trade that we use at the pro level and at the amateur level as well, because we still work on getting sponsors for Champ Car. I'm only running a handful of races this year due to the due to the cost, because as, as things have gone up and with as things have gotten more expensive, I mean, I still work full time like a lot of guys. Yes, I've been fortunate enough to do some stuff at a pro level. I'm still chasing doing stuff at a pro level, but. I'm still doing things at the amateur level to get seat time because it's effective for me. Yeah. Another thing guys and guys and gals can do, Brian and, and Bill, is product sponsors. A lot of your big name sponsors that are in the higher tier, IMSA, NASCAR, Formula One, things like that, they start as a product sponsor. Right. Even if they just give you free stuff to start yeah. or if they give you a discount, whether it's 20%, 30%, whatever the case is, you run with that. They know... When, they, when people buy and they see those tags, like you talked about, Brian, when you tag those products, they can track what came from your account through all those algorithms and everything. And they'll keep track of that. And at the end of the year, if let's say you plugged all their products and you sold them, sold $5,000 worth of products, at the end of the year, what started as a product deal, they might give you $1,000 of that or $2,000 of that to go racing the following season. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not like it used to where you could just walk up to a company unless it's somebody you know or they are a racing enthusiast and they're getting harder to find just because of just the changing and the demographics of society we have today. And that and that's going to happen. That's the ebb and flow of life. Right. But what you have to do is you have to go above and beyond and work harder and be more effective, but be a jack of all trade. You have to find creative ways to do it. So. And you have to be willing to do it. You can't just do one and done. You've got to continually plug away and know that it may take a couple of years to sign somebody to a very, very small deal, but you can grow into stuff. Um, Grant Enfinger, for example, with his champion deal, that started as a product deal many, many moons ago and was very, very minimal on a monetary status. Now they sponsor him for almost every truck race, almost every week. Yeah, that's huge. And Good that's stuff. huge. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. And and okay, I have a I have a question. Go. All right. So I started out nineties with forums. That's sort of my birthplace the birthplace of social media was, you know, web forums. So I kind of transitioned over to Facebook when that kind of took over the world. Mm -hmm. Uh after MySpace. Was it MySpace? That was <laughs> collapsed. Mm -hmm. And then Facebook. Yeah. 
Um, I miss Tom. He was a nice guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, my, my, my brother still uses his picture for some social stuff. Um, now we've gone off to everybody and his brother has a social media platform. Um, the Chinese have one called TikTok. Is, is that a place to go to? I refuse to use TikTok for certain reasons, but um, is that one of those companies that you kind of have to look at? You can. It's effective. I, I will admit I have a TikTok. I do throw some videos out there and I try to. The only problem is the the algorithms and some of the stuff, they reward the questionable content with the constant cursing and the constant just using right sexual expletives and things like that. And it TikTok is effective if you do it right. If you have fun and you can and you can walk that line without crossing it too hard and you just kind of dip a toe where you have a little bit of fun but you don't step over that line, you can use it. And I do use it quite a bit and it's been fun. I've I've poked fun at stuff here and there and tried to have fun, but I'm also trying to show personality because a lot of people are complaining drivers have become so vanilla, but unfortunately society has made them vanilla because of there's many people that just get very upset and take things more personally than we used to. Let's just be realistic. We're seeing with with these new NASCAR, that NASCAR behind the scenes show on Netflix, we're seeing a different version. That's not so vanilla. That is the cursing and the, you know, the hell did you just do to me you know thing and you know throwing pies at each other and he and they can do that because a lot of those guys have multi-year deals where they have Ah. relationships and they can get away with it a little bit but it's also a little more scripted i had a conversation with a couple of people at pri and i asked them i flat out said look and one of them said i don't really like cursing into my content with my product in it and i understand that because he doesn't want it to come across as negative but, and I, and I flat out told him, and it's somebody that we're in a discussion with. And I said, look, I want to be upfront with them. I said, look, I've had a little fun with a couple of videos. I was, I've had a couple where there's been a curse word here or there. And he said, I understand that. He said, as long as it's not repetitive constantly, and it's insanely offensive, but also as long as it's not, again, it, you're walking a tightrope and you're standing on a razor blade and it's very hard. If you use TikTok effectively, it can work really, really well. But you also have to make sure you don't step into that negative territory. But I leave that up to every team, driver, organization. That is up to your discretion. That is your comfort level. It's not for everybody, but I'm trying to do things a little bit differently. I'm starting to see a little bit more presence of drivers who are on there that are dipping toes back into it. I've mainly stuck to Facebook, TikTok. We use Twitter on occasion for more at race updates because it's more instantaneous for appearances and stuff. But I've also used CapCut for video editors. I've used, I, I, I've posted a few things up on LinkedIn just trying to, because it's a great way to get in front of decision makers. But I right. tend to make those a little more professional, try to have a little fun to show some personality. But on a new guy who's unproven, unlike a Ryan Blaney or a Chase Elliott, where you can kind of get away with it because the series is kind of giving you the blessing because it's also for ratings. Let's be realistic. They're oh, yeah, trying sure. to drum up attention. Right, Absolutely. Right. A guy like me, if I was to go out there and do that, that might rub some people the wrong way. So you also have to think about the, the, the sandbox you're playing in. I also have to be really careful because I'm associated with the petty thing. And a lot of people may not realize this. Oh yeah. Anybody that watched the petties when they had three cars back in the day, when it was, especially like when it was John Andretti and the 43 Kyle and the 45 
and when I know Buckshot Jones and Jerry Nadu were in the George Pacific car. If you ever looked at those cars compared to anybody else in the field, they never ran a Bud shootout, Bud Polo or decal. And the reason for that is Richard promised his mother, um, Linda, or I'm sorry, um, Richard promised his mom that um, he would never run an alcohol-based sticker on his car. And that's why the Petty cars never participated in any of the Bud shootouts or any of those types of programs for a while. Because he was trying to live up to that promise to his mom and because he wanted to, and that was what his dad was very dedicated right. to back in the day when Lee got started. So I, I'm i in a little bit of a different scenario because I have to be very, very careful with having my association with the Petties because I know they still stand by that. So I, I'm still learning and getting to know them a little bit and their people. So I want to be very, very careful about how I tread. And that's something you have to think about. Right. It's not just about you anymore. You have to take the 40,000 foot view. You have to think about the organizations, where their stances are on certain things, let's say religious, politically, things of that nature. It's not only your your butt on the line. And right. you have to, It's in those cases, it's better to ask for permission than forgiveness. You know, and one of the things I always hear, I, I don't know how to do it. I'm, 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 I'm afraid of being on a cam- on camera and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, and I completely get that. You know, not all of us have been, you know, doing the media thing for the, our whole lives like, like you know, I have and Bill has done it for a long time. And, and you obviously are very good in front of the camera. Um, but, but the cool part is now uh, with all of the different v- versions of shorts, um, it, people have made it very easy to kind of dabble your toe into it. Um, I what, call. What, what do I do with my hands? Nothing. That's the big question always. Nothing. What do I do with my hands? Um, it, but it's you know th- that's kind of the TikTokification of social media. Facebook yeah. has their version of the shorts. Instagram, you can't put a video up longer than a minute. Well, you can, but it's it's difficult, and you really sh- don't need to. Um, YouTube has shorts now, and you know I, I, anybody can get up there for a minute and talk about what's going on, or or show a little this or that. You know, so it's not as much that goes into being able to create the content. You just have to think a little bit about what you're going to say and how you're going to do it and have some fun with it. But there are a lot of drivers that while we have those technological advances at our fingertips now because of digital technology and all the applications and services that are out there, unfortunately, you have a very, very apprehensive group of drivers that either don't want to get in front of a camera, don't feel they need to be in front of a camera, or for an example, are very skittish to get in front of a camera because they're very self-conscious about either looks or the way they speak or they've never had proper training. I took a lot of communication courses and speaking courses when I was at the end of my high school career, as I was in my college career, and I realized it was very, very important. I've given my dad, Jim, a lot of credit for this over the years. He was very, he pushed me very, very hard about expanding my vocabulary, about being very careful about how you spoke with using the English language. And I realized with getting in and wanting to do this at a pro level or even at a at an amateur level, if you're going to represent potential partners, as I call them, I I tend to stay away from sponsors because I feel like they feel like they're just throwing a dollar, you know, some dollars at you and then you don't hear from them again. I like to call them partners. And the reason I do that is I may feel like it makes them feel like they're involved. And I want them to feel involved because it is their brand. It is their service. It is their product that we are promoting and they should have some say in what does go on because then if they feel like there's a creative 
balance of what content is being put out there, I feel like it's going to make them feel like they're not just funding an an empty effort, let's say. And, And that's just a personal thing for our program. And we want them to feel that way because we're looking for long-term partnerships. Yes, one-race deals happen all the time. Small deals like we talked about start as one-race deals. But we want to look at the long-term of eventually creating three- to five-year deals, which are very hard to get nowadays, especially in tough markets where budgets change year-to-year, even semi-annually, let's say. For for a long time, um kyle i've been involved with trying to help young drivers get a leg up um and i've dealt with a lot of these organizations who do you know the shootout for this scholarship and all this kind of stuff and i know you said that a lot of drivers are self-conscious of how they look on a camera they don't they're scared of it they don't have the experience in it um but when you go to one of these shootouts where they're going to have 20 20 young drivers uh, and they're going to pick two or three drivers to give a scholarship to to go to the next level. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times where the driver who might not have been the fastest gets the scholarship because the fast driver was too shy to talk about what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Didn't was for, or or didn't look comfortable on camera. Um, you don't have to be good looking. You just have to be able to present yourself in a way with a little bit of confidence and show people that you can talk about your sponsor, your partner, whoever's giving you the scholarship. Um, So for anyone out there who's scared of it, I get it 100%. But you have to find a way to push through that fear and do a little bit of it. Because if you if you want other people's money, if you just want to spend your own money, don't worry about it. Do your thing. Um, but if you want to find partners, find sponsors, however you want to say it, um, in this day and age, if you can't do the on-camera stuff, you're going to have a real hard time attracting people to give you to, to, to become a partner with you. So one of, one of those guys was uh, Chris Huggins. Okay. One of the the hardest kids to ever interview because everything was a one, you know, one word yep. answer. And towards the end there, I mean, uh, the last year, he would have a conversation through the interview. So it was pretty pretty awesome watching his progression from yeah. you know four years ago, five years ago. Uh, on my other podca- podcast, I purposefully go out and try to find young drivers to put on my podcast to give them the opportunity to maybe struggle through a few minutes with me so that when they, when it comes money time on their end to do it in the real world, they don't have as much of that fear. Um, And, and, but it it just comes, you have, it's muscle memory, right, Kyle? You've got to do it and do it enough so that you don't feel weird about it. It's like driving a race car. Yeah. And it's like what we did last week. We had those guys, you know, that were on about the Corvette, you know, the Corvette guys and, they were real skittish about coming on the show. They were we got hilarious. And we settled them down by yeah. having these massive technical issues. And <laughs> yeah, they were good after that. <laughs> and that no, worked, Brian. we're not going to have technical <laughs> issues just because you're nervous, people. <laughs> it's fine. I have a face for radio, so we can we can use me as a test bed. That's fine. Yeah, but, you know, and, and, and it's funny because oftentimes the, the weird guy, the weird person is the one who's the most fun and most engaging. You know, so take advantage of it. If you have something that's, you know, be self-deprecating about it. People love being, you know, people who are self-deprecating. Um, so, don't. So one know, of let's go to take let's, Bill let's, for instance. Yeah, let's let's transition over to at the track videos. Sure. You know, you yeah. want to have some. You know, you want to show people on social media what you're doing at the track. Everybody wants to show their in-car camera. 
right? Everybody wants to see that. But I'll tell you what, everybody's, it's, I don't know, who's old enough here to remember uh, the the slideshows that your parent, your grandparents would do back in the 60s, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, and John, you probably remember this. <laughs> Wittenauer. So, you know, they do the slideshows and you have to sit there looking at their vacation and stuff. It's sort of the same thing with sitting inside a race car going around it. Yeah, it can be kind of exciting for the first few seconds. And then it's the same thing. Oh, look, a code 35. Oh, look, some guy spun. Okay, that was kind of exciting. What I, what I found interesting this weekend watching some videos, kind of prepping for, for this show, was looking at uh, pit stops, you know, how guys are doing pit stops. And I found some old videos from 1980s um, for some 24 hours and watching them do pit stops. These are pros, and it wasn't much different than what we were doing at yeah. an IMSA race at, at uh, Watkins Glen, and yeah. it was fun watching that. Then I, I transitioned over some others, watching guys do, you know, and it's just quick, a couple of minutes, boom, next one. You know, you see them working on the cars. That kind of stuff, I think, going across the social media is kind of engaging. And, and here's you know, a, you, a, a great trick on that. You don't have to have editing skills. You can take your YouTube yeah. feed – and you can you can send out a link to a specific spot on your video, so that people don't have to watch 25 minutes to get to the cool part you want them to see. So yeah. that when they're clicking on the link, they're actually going right to that spot on the video. And it's it's there's lots of different ways to go. If you've got seven hours of a champ car race, how much of that video is really that fun to watch? Come on, people, yeah. really? Um, find the find the moments create a link to those moments you could probably have five or ten social media posts right there without even thinking about it kyle yeah but space them out don't throw them out back to back to back to back back because then they all get lost throw it out if you had like okay for example eddie vetter guys they had an exceptional road atlanta i mean they waxing is a polite term to what happened last weekend Mm -hmm. but i mean they they ran well they were flawless they made no mistakes they got the win but they've got, a, I'll guarantee you, there's footage of getting through cool wrecks. I'll guarantee you there's footage of yep. a, a cool driver exchange of just the perfect pit stop, of a perfect driver exchange, one getting out, one getting in, showing. But also, you can take these and make them educational, especially, and that's something I feel like we need to do too, educate these people. Educate the the, the fan base. Educate the people, the followers, educate those that may want to get involved. I mean, how many people, Bill, Brian, do we see on the Champ Car Garage page that are asking, well, I'm new, I want to get involved. We need to show videos on how to do things right. I mean, we yes, we show all the time of somebody lighting up like a Christmas tree and we're putting them <laughs> out with, with a fire bottle, stressing about put your visor down, have all your stuff. Don't be standing there in your underwear like Ricky Bobby fueling a car. We need to, sh- we need to do educational videos showing these guys how to do it effectively and and also just educating the fan base. Honestly, I go back and find myself watching old NASCAR races and old IndyCar races. Mm -hmm. I miss when they would do the graphic stuff, when they would show what loose was, what tight was. I learned so much when they would show you camber caster, how to make that wedge adjustment with that uh, wrench in the right, in the, in the rear window of the car. Just remember the Larry Mack cutaway car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were perfect, but we've talked about, we don't have that anymore. Well, we've talked about doing that where we have a, a, a champ car that's up on four jack stands and kind of explain that to them. But we have to wait about 10 or 15 minutes into the race before somebody has their car up on jack stands so we can go video it and do stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. like that. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
but but little things like that where we do videos or even a team offers to throw a video of their pit stop hey this is what we did this is what works this this is what we recommend for a first time team since you guys are new to this do this for safety make sure you've got this placed here I mean, talk about whether your fill's on the left side or the right side. That makes a difference when you go to places like Watkins Glen and Road America, when the pit wall is on the opposite side of a road at <laughs> yes. Atlanta, let's say. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the NASCAR guys. When they yeah. would when they would do pit stops, all the, the guys would come off the wall and always hit the right side of the car. But when they would go to the Glen, they always talked about whether the guys would have to go to the left side of the car first. And a lot of times, they started flipping changers. The rears would do the fronts. The fronts would do the rears. Or you would change it up, or guys would do the right sides and do the left sides. But then the only problem with that was with with the air gun hoses, guys, drivers would get impatient. Guy would accidentally drop the jack or the jack would slip because a lot of people that may not realize Watkins Glen's pit road from the front end of it is downhill. Say you're caught, say a driver gets impatient, his foot slipped off that brake a little bit and that car rolls off the jack. Then you get penalties and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And it's just but those are little things that we need to show just being creative because every team doesn't have to do a pit stop, you know, A, B, C, D. They can be creative. I mean, look at the Wood Brothers were the epitome of pit yeah. stops back in the 60s. That's why they got called to the Indy 500 and helped Jimmy Clark win. That's right. That's right. And, and one other thing I think we should talk about is unlike a pro series like NASCAR that races every weekend, um, it, it, as a champ car team, you could have months between races. You know, and, and you need to find a way to give your partners some value during those months when you're not at the racetrack. You know, during those months, you're probably working on a car in a garage. You know, do a quick little one-minute video of what you're doing on a Saturday afternoon in the garage. You know, um, um, when you're sitting at your desk buying buying parts for the car, do a little video. Hey, you know what? You know, my, my team, I'm also the, the parts buyer for the team, you know, and, and Plug your product sponsors it, and do links like, Hey, thank you. Such and such for the discount code. Hey, use this discount yep. code, something like that. You know, um, but you should try to put out, you, you know, you said it's not always just volume. True. You don't have to put out 25 posts a week, but if you're not posting once or twice a week, at least, for your your mm-hmm. partners, you're not doing your partners any help. So, and those metrics come back to bite you at the end of the year. And again, right. that's where you get in that overpromising and underdelivery. Right. And 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 when you're in those those new guys, and for those listeners that are out there, that, that if you have questions, ask the experienced guys. Come find us. Or if we're not at the track, shoot me an email. Give me a call. Reach out to my wife Tanya. We will we will gladly work with you guys and consult with you and show you the right way to do it. We're all in this business to be successful, whether you're you're a hobby guy just doing it for fun on the weekends, but you want to cut down on some costs. If you're an aspiring driver that's using Champ Car as a way to, to bolster your road racing uh, resume, right. or if you have aspirations of running the Rolex 24 in your life, use this as a springboard, but let's show you how to do it the right way and let us help you how to do it the right way. Because if you continue to make the same mistakes and hit those same hurdles, you're not going to get anywhere. So, and and we're we're in year three of negotiating with some people where we're just it's frustrating. But you know what? We're trying to be patient, right. and we know it's a numbers game. Eventually, we're going to have some things fall our way, but we want to do it right. We want to not make the mistakes of the predecessors, and we don't want to be labeled as those offenders. I don't remember, Bill, who we talked to, but we had someone on a while back who does some IMSA stuff. 
And you said, they said that, you know, we recommend to p- people to go to Champ Card to get some experience. It's mm-hmm. the Absolutely. same exact thing for this. Yeah. This yeah. is the forum, whether it's SCCA or Champ Car or any of these other ones. This is where you can experiment and learn and, and, and do all of that stuff. So if you do want to go to the next level or just have enough money coming in so you can keep doing Champ Car, you know, this is the place to go out and figure out how to make it happen. So, yeah, yeah, we can works through the management company that we've got. If you guys are interested and you reach out, we're working on a basic template right now of a marketing deck and a proposal and just templates of social media. If you guys are interested, reach out. We've got them very, very affordable. I mean, yes, we we are a business, but we will do a very, very good deal for a lot of our folks in Champ Car that that want some help with this. We can give you some templates to use that you can mold to make work for your program, but stuff that we've seen success with and have gotten positive reviews from big decision makers at company levels from small business to bit to multi-million dollar enterprises that we're entertaining at the pro level. And and they vouch for what we've done and complimented us over some other programs that were more Hollywood than they were effective. So right. Let us help you reach out. I mean, we'd be glad to do it. There's a lot of teams out there and there's a lot of untapped resources that teams need to do. And let us show you how to do it the right way because if not, we're all going to continue to pay for this out of pocket and it's not getting any cheaper. And, nope. you know, resources, We I think we all forget about one important resource. Um, I've got one sitting on the couch gaming on the other side of the wall here. Um, get your kids involved. Your kids know how mm-hmm. to do this stuff. They know how to take the short videos. They know how to post it to the different social medias. Obviously, you need to kind of keep an eye on them to make sure they're not doing something really cra- crazy for you. Well, um, you, you also get to yell at them when they don't hold that flashlight still. So that's always <laughs> fun. You know? But I'm serious, he might say He might say it wasn't fun, but, you know. Right, but, but I'm serious. But you know what? There's a video right there. There's a fun yeah. video of there's a fun video of of that son holding that flashlight shaking that and you're just pointing that finger in his face and you put up and said that giving giving my boy yeah. the same treatment i got from my dad yeah. right you know and, something and fun you, like somebody that somebody posts up a video like that earlier with the old man is you know the grandpa yeah is holding yep. the flashlight and the dad's like you know you gotta hold that light still and you know I never said that. I was yeah. never that. Mean. Or the shot yeah, where the dad's having the conversation with the kid, and then grandpa's in the background going, "Yeah, now you're getting to come up as the that you gave me yes. 25 years yeah. ago." And yeah. and yeah. there's no more engaging social media post, by the way, folks, and a, a parent doing something with a kid, whether yeah. it's a dad with a daughter or a, a mom with a son, whatever the case is. Those are the posts that people go, "Ah, you know, it's those oh gosh, gosh golly type stuff." huge engagement with that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm serious, though. As far as getting people to help you, you got a lot of stuff going on at the racetrack. So get the kids involved. Get your drivers. If you've, if you've got a whole team of drivers, get their kids involved. Um, and, and that's just another opportunity to utilize the resources. Maybe they don't want to be turning wrenches, but I, I guarantee you they know how to take a little video and pop it up on whatever, whichever yeah. social media you're doing. So, yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah, don't ask your wife to pump your brakes while you're bleeding him. You know, yeah, that those videos don't end up well. Uh, well, they could. The It'll be there'll be a meme. <laughs> yeah, there would be a lot of parental guidance suggested. <laughs> We're coming up on time here, Kyle. And, and Bill sent me a list of, some, of another thing we wanted to talk about. You've got some new drivers in Champ Car that you're helping along. 
Yes, oh, yeah. we have uh, Camp Teague, who was a previous guest here on uh, Inside Champ Car. He is an up-and-comer. He's run a couple races last year. Uh, he is going to be running uh, about two to three races this year for Rad Air Racing in their Dodge Neon. So he's looking forward to that. His first race will be at uh, NCM. He's part of the KLR program. We are also working with Jason Deal, who's another up-and-comer out of Ohio, who's primarily an oval guy. He's never really done much road racing, but he is looking to do a couple races this year for a couple startup small teams just to get his feet wet and learn the side of road racing because he wants to diversify his profile. And honestly, we want to see that. I, I am an advocate for Champ Car, and I will admit this. Champ Car helped me get my NASCAR. And I know that sounds really, really weird because everybody thinks NASCAR roundy round, I'm making another left turn. But you wouldn't believe the speeds that we carry in Champ Car, the, the car size, the engines that we have in these things with the torque. It got me cleared to race in NASCAR truck competition up to Nashville. And that's a 1.33 mile oval. But that experience and racing with these IMSA teams that come down and play with us and play in our sandbox and these experienced drivers that come down and some of these hidden celebrities that end up in some of these cars that report back and give insight on some of these drivers, it helped get me cleared. I, I have been very loyal to this series since 2016. Yes, you have. Yep. It helped resurrect my career when I was about ready to throw in the towel many, many years ago. And Eric McClure and Hal Martin, God rest Eric's soul. He saved my racing career. And I, to this day, I give him credit. That little MR2 at Charlotte in July of 2016 was the best thing that I ever did. And I am an advocate. And that's why I push so many people to Champ Car. And I know it seems like I'm peddling drugs here, but I do that because I know that if guys get in a Champ Car situation, you're getting an economical situation to drive and get the most seat time. But when I road raced and then I got that opportunity to race for fast track racing at Kansas and that ARCA car, the having to hold that wheel and be so smooth on the road course is what helped me be successful at Kansas. And honestly, that's why I continue to come back as much as I do. So Bill, are you paying the guests now to mention the MR2s and the Opals? Because now we're at 52 minutes before the MR2 reference and neither of them were I'll uttered tell from you. you. There's, there is a lot of people <laughs> Over the years, decades <laughs> that that car's been out, that have raced with it. Um, we just had a person pass away that was a flagger at uh, Hallett. Okay. Um, he raced with David Kiesack. Um, he started out, or not started out, but he raced Toyota MR2s back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I posted that up. And it's just so many people. And it you was would a be fun amazed. car. Oh you my would God, be amazed at how many people in Champ Car actually started either their car life with an MR2 or progress into racing with an MR2 and, and done. It's, it's just a, a really, it's not a great platform. There's better ones out there, but it's a good learning tool. Yeah. So I recommend a, there's a, that there's a four and Miatas. Johnson. What's his name? Johnson, the, the, the driver for, um, for Johnson, I think his last name, Johnston, Johnson, Johnson. In, in your series in champ car. No, no, not champ car. He's a pro Ford driver. Um, oh, um, Billy Johnson. He Billy used to Johnson. run with Roush on occasion. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So Billy Johnson actually, when years. he was a teenager, was on our forum, and uh, when he first got his license and set driving an MR2, that's yeah. how he kind of started out. Okay. So it's like, yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> okay. Hashtag MR2. <laughs> Real quick, Brian. The reason that honestly, 
Yes, the, the bill. Thank you so much for the money that came to my account before, shortly before the show. I greatly appreciate it. Um, it's not no, working. Honestly, I don't know what's up. It's not working. I don't know. It, it, it was great. <laughs> that that four-digit number that came through to my phone, I can't thank you enough. Whoa. Um, but <laughs> anyway, no, I seriously, um, I recommend MR2s and Miatas to drivers all the time. And the reason I do that is because it gets them used to it in a small car that right. doesn't have as much horsepower to where they don't get in something like a BMW that sometimes not that they're not phenomenal cars, they can be a little overwhelming for a driver that doesn't have a lot of experience. Right. Yeah. It's just like anything else. And, and even on an oval, you start a guy out in a four cylinder or a legends car, you don't throw them straight into a late model because you get overwhelmed. Right. You start them out small where they learn the car control and then they take that and move up into the bigger stuff. Right. That's the reason yeah. why every racing series in the world has a ladder. You know, yeah. Formula Four. Uh, you know, Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two, Formula One. Indy Lights, Indy Car. You know, Formula Two Thousand. Oh, truck we used Series. To have a rule where you couldn't go straight to Daytona. You had to do some right. other races before. Can we re-implement that rule? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm begging we, you. We need to re-implement something because I mean, I love that. the driver count that we have, but we we need to find a way to do it where it's not an insult to guys, but it's more yeah. look. When you run Daytona, and I can attest to this, I mean, we've seen guys, I've been there. How many guys have times have we seen it where you get there on a weekend? Guys like, I can do it, I can do it. And he hits those bankings. It's and skid marks are not the oh, only thing on the yeah. race. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Skid it's, marks it's, are in the suit. And, I and it's overwhelming. It's a very yeah. daunting task. And of course, everybody thinks they're fast until you get passed by something yeah. way faster. Well, and, and yeah, mm -hmm. it's scary. And, and I don't understand and, the mentality of why you would want to start out at Daytona, you know, because everybody wants to run Daytona. I, I, it's I know that, but, but people, to, yeah. you would think people, though, would understand that, you know, yes, we're going to let you run Daytona, but let's not let it be your first one. You know, I, yeah. I, I just, yeah. Oof, I know a lot me. of well, guys are saying that, that right now because it's, it's sold out. Yeah, and there's a huge. And when I say it's a huge list, I mean it's 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 large. Mm -hmm. We could do another freaking race there. That's how many people are on this wait list. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's uh. It's quite scary. But but yeah, I agree. Um. How do we do that? It's it's difficult. Um. When we if we ever start tracking drivers, not that we are right now. We've we've discussed stuff, but we ever start tracking drivers and we could probably do that but right now it's it's up to your word you know yeah we suggest not making it your first race um do some I, others i would say we need to we need to talk to the team owners and honestly guys for all of you that are listening we need to maybe come together and just and just say look and especially the experienced guys that have been doing this for a number of years we all know what daytona means to everybody but we also know the dangers of daytona Hell we yeah. also know the speed these guys aren't beside you at Daytona. They're above you and below you. And that's a whole different driver yep. discipline that it takes to run that facility. And maybe it's just something we need to do in the garage where we need to double check and triple check ourselves and say, look, you know, recommend to these guys, hey, come see us at Halleck. Come see us at VIR. Come see us. Come run here before you give them that final check. And maybe that's something we need to do. They need to keep an internal database of their driver list of who they feel can drive at Daytona just to help the integrity, but also for a safety factor. Well, we have to take the egos out. That's the hardest part. Agreed. We do well, very I, much. And Daytona is not a place you got to check your ego at the tunnel. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and I would hey. suggest that if you want to bring your car home with all the four wheels on it, pointing in the direction they were on when they got there, that you that's a decision. That's part of that decision. You know, obviously, 
experienced drivers can crash too. Don't get me wrong. We've seen it happen lots of times, you know, but, but, you know, if you, if you don't want to have to build, rebuild the car when you're done, you got a better chance with someone who's got a little bit of experience, at least one or two races rather than just putting someone out there to the wolves. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is part of the process that we're trying to get back into. And there's so much that we're having to deal with over the last six months that it's, we're getting there. Um, you know, getting back to the roots of what Champ Car was, getting people on. And track you guys do a great job. Please don't think I'm I'm saying anything negative on the series. I'm just looking at it from a safety standpoint as another right. driver and a guy that's been doing it for a while. I'm not and got anybody that's out there listening. Please do not think I'm. You know, oh, he's a pro. He's just trying to keep you from racing. No, I encourage everybody to experience what is the the immaculate bankings of Daytona and what that experience is and to go see the world center of racing. But it's just, it's such a different animal. I mean, you guys think we're being mean about it. The scrutinous process that we go through in NASCAR, I'm not even eligible to race Daytona in stock cars yet. I've tested Daytona. I've never raced it in a stock car because it takes so much to go through there. What, what do you have to do? I mean, you have to go through a vicious approval process of starting on short tracks or road courses or starting in a smaller facility. And you have to go out there and essentially ride and stay out of the way. And you can't race. I'll give you a perfect example. I can run every race to an extent up to the mileage limit that NASCAR has given me until after Richmond. If I don't make my first start this year until before Richmond, I can't race or before IRP when the championship starts. And the reason for that is because NASCAR is not going to let you screw up their show Ah. and screw up and be in effect the championship. But that's also something we also need to consider to where maybe for championship races, we don't let first timers run necessarily run those races either because we don't need them being the outlier in a championship race. It's just something that we need to look at because a lot of racing. Yeah. That goes back to the multi-class racing though. So it's to, to me, those like the championship races aren't, I mean, they're a big deal, but we're still going to let you run. And Right, but it's yeah. just something, depending on the track that the championship is yeah. at, too, just something right. we may... So that next may year, the championship improve. will be at, you know, 99% certain it's going to be at Road Atlanta. We're going to get that out of okay. the first thing and uh, yeah. then continue on to the next race. So um, Another example of that is, you know, Shane Van Gisbergen. He mm-hmm. won the cup race at, at Chicago this year. He has a full-time... Xfinity series ride this year. They're not going to let him race at Daytona in the Xfinity series until he does the ARCA race beforehand. Well, it's all you about know. the yep. car because you have to run in a pack, right? And you right. just make one small yeah. mistake in that pack in the Oh, yeah. And there goes 20 cars. Out, right. Yeah, behind you. So, yeah. so they're there making yeah. him do the ARCA series race. Before. Same with Marco Andretti. Same with Marco they're Andretti. They're making Marco Andretti yep. do the same thing. He can't uh-huh. race the truck race at Daytona or Talladega and, and until he does that. Okay, I'll get another example. Years ago, Loy Allen won the pole for the Daytona 500, but he had to run the ARCA race the week before yep. when he qualified uh-huh. on the pole because of the experience back when the ARCA cars and the cup cars were almost identical. That rule has been in, in for a long, long time, and you can ask any driver to where they used to have to run that ARCA race or one of those preliminary races beforehand because they're not going to let you do that. The draft is a totally different thing. I know some guys get out there and they say, I drafted with a car. Drafting with one car is great. Get in a pack in the middle of a three-wide situation 
where you got guys double wide on your outside, you know, outside or four wide or three wide, and you have to hold that wheel straight and you got a spotter in your ear saying middle three, middle three, still there coming half back. It is a very daunting and overwhelming task. And you are very, you are scrutinized to the nines because it is and the speed you're at too. You're at a buck 90, buck 95. And you're not allowed to yell, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, you can, but the, the spotter, the spotter is not going to continue to talk to you anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and let's um, not discount the fact, you know, yeah, okay, it's 190 in a cup car or even a truck or an Xfinity car at Daytona. What you know, the the faster cars in Champ Car are coming off a of NASCAR four at what 150 or 60, Bill? 130. Mm-hmm. That's the, the the Corvettes are coming off at 130. 130. 130. Okay, that's still. Paul in the mail when you got a hard wall on the outside. That's what I'm going to say. One thirty. That's the official company line. One thirty. Okay. But if they're coming off there at one thirty, and you've got an and you've got a Miata that's probably about let's say bound up on the bottom stand, which is the the golden rule: the slower drivers right. to the bottom stay by the yellow. Let's say he's probably about one between ninety eight and one hundred and five, staying on that bottom, pinching the car off a little bit. You got a car that's a buck thirty coming. That's a 30 mile an hour closing rate that could potentially get somebody hurt. I mean, look at Kevin LePage at Talladega when he came up in front of the pack in 2008, he took out 19 cars and Carl Edwards almost went outside the racetrack. Yep. Yeah. So, well, I've never been to a NASCAR race, but, um, this weekend I'll be at Daytona. Nice. So you're going to be there too, right, Kyle? Uh, I will be there. I'm supposed to be spotting the ARCA race for a driver. I don't know. I'm on standby. He's supposed to be using another gentleman. Depends on if the guy shows up. I don't know if he's ever done a super speedway. It's a different animal. So I'm going to be there and have my headset ready to go just in case. But he is also a driver we represent. It's Brad Smith and the Arkham and Art series uh, through KLR. We're going to be there helping doing his PR. And then we're going to be hanging out. Um, just making connections, always being in that garage never hurts. You never know who you're going to meet. We're going to stop by and say hi to the uh, to the truck team that we're working with. Again, can't say who it is, but we're going to be there to uh, kind of wish them a send off for their program for the year. So, and all you'll we're have concerned your... about is where the heck are we going to park? Because we really don't know anything <laughs> about this. We have tickets. We're sitting in the 123rd row or something of the section. Um, we can look straight down pit lane from the map. So I think it's going to be awesome. kind of fun. Never been. My daughter's my daughter's really excited. She's uh, been to a few of the Arca or not Arca, the uh, what's the next one down? The, Xfinity, uh, Nationwide Xfinity. Yeah, yep. the Xfinity mm-hmm. series. Uh, she's been to those and absolutely loves it. So uh, taking like grandkids and and it's going to be fun. I think. Um, unless it you rains, guys are going to so have a they, blast. Do they uh, run in the rain? They run in the rain there, right? No. Uh, no, not at Daytona. They run oh, in the rain like on road course. No, they're not like IMSA. No. No, not like him. So, but we do run in the rain on short tracks and road courses. So, yeah. And cool. you'll have your helmet and your driver's suit with you, of course, right? Yes, I will. Uh, not not you, this Bill. weekend. Not not approved yet. <laughs> not but, approved. Uh, well, Bill, we'll find him an Opal to put him in. He can draft yeah. with those guys. Yeah, I'll be the pace car driver. No, I don't want to do that because that's had bad luck lately. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you can be like Herbie in the movie. We'll make. We'll start you in forty oh. fourth, and then you can just draft up to the front. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying I'm big. That's yeah, awesome. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. You can use bounce off the wall like Kirby did. Just do that I kind could. of bounce I've over. Done and that like, at Charlotte. There you go. Yep. That was always fun. Yeah. <laughs> or you could be col- yeah. like Cole Trickle and go up there and hit the pace car. Yeah. Exactly. 
You know, I can do whatever you guys want. I'll and be we'll tired. be eating ice cream in the pits watching. That's right. I'll be the slowest cha- tire changer on pit lane. <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight. This yes, was a lot of fun. Kyle, we, we, we learned a lot. And I, I, and I Tanya, hope- thank you very much. If you can hear me in the background. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, guys, thank you so much. Hey. All right. So, Bill, what else we got to chat with? Chat about here. Just, and Kyle, uh, you can just got- drop off if you want to or t- however you want to do it. Today's the uh, last day of... Um, I think it's Gingerman early pay sign up. Okay. Um, I think it's Gingerman. Yeah, because it was uh, some people signed up. I looked at it earlier and it was like, wow, boom, lots of people. Nice. Not wrong with so that. We have that going on. Um, getting ready for VIR. We had a couple of cancellations, so we always have room for uh, for um, folks at VIR coming up. Twelve hour on South Course. Cool. We'd love to see you guys there. Um, then we head off to Harris Hill, Texas, and then NCM for the national championship. I know we have a lot of teams um, getting ready for that race, that national championship. There's some pretty heavy hitters there, and we'll we'll talk about that uh, coming weeks. And uh, then we head off to Daytona, which is sold out again. Again, that wait list is huge. So, <clears throat> you know, I have to sing that. It's huge. It is, <laughs> it is really big. Um, looked at a... Uh, fair race this weekend at Daytona or not Daytona at uh, Homestead, Miami. Talked to Chelsea about it this morning. So we're going to look to see what's available for next year down there. Um, did a little poll and seemed, pre- seemed to be pretty good results there on that poll. We're also looking at other tracks in the Midwest, of course, since, uh, you know, the numbers are doing pretty well out there. So, yeah. Um, Yep, we're always looking for new places. And uh, Nelson Ledges coming up. Uh, the boss wants me to talk about Nelson Ledges. Folks, we need to get some people going to Nelson Ledges. Sign up $250 just to hold your spot. That shows the boss that, hey, this is a, a viable race, and that's what we want. A uh, bunch of others out there. Please just get signed up for them. Let's go racing because uh, that's what we want to do. That's what we're here for. So, right. yeah. What are you doing, Brian? Anything coming up? No, nah, I've got nothing going on. <laughs> Nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I I'm I'm at NOLA this weekend for yep. uh, the SCCA Super Tour, and then uh, my lovely bride and I are going to enjoy New Orleans for a couple of days because we're cool. I'm going to be there, so we're going to eat some beignets and we're going to listen to some jazz. Is that fancy words again? I know those fancy yeah. French words. Yeah, I want to go back there. I, I think yeah. um, I think we we can do things a little differently, and I think uh, maybe next year we'll look at uh, NOLA. Uh, it's up to the boss, but. Yep. You know, I'll put it on the list, and hmm. um, always a good track. I, I enjoyed that place, yeah. And uh, I know we had a lot of drivers that did. I was watching some videos from uh, from our racers when we went back a couple of years ago, and um, had fun. Yep. So and then yep, from um, there we come right to Daytona back. here Saturday yep. um, for the Sunday race. Hopefully it doesn't rain. It looks like there's a big storm, but things are changing hourly. It seems like so who knows? It may be snowing down there. Who knows? It could be. But um, could be. Yeah. So all right, man. And uh, I think that's it, right? You good to go? I think. We're Let me good look to go. around. I was looking for my uh, marketing hat earlier because he was talking about who, people that do marketing for Champ Car. So that be you. We're gonna so put folks that uh, talk about putting some hashtags and stuff up on a uh, um, on the forum. So I'll I'll make a little thread over there with hash tags and uh, do one up on Facebook as well. Cool. And uh, we'll we'll get you guys all kinds of codes so you can have fun with the. Uh, with the vids nice nice all right are we are we good i think we're good buddy all right that's gonna do it for another episode of inside champ card you like what you hear subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any episodes also share it on your social media channels we've talked about that for the last hour you can comment on the champ car facebook page especially if it's a good one 
New episodes every week. He's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Belansky. You are watching Champ Car Live and listening to the Racing Wire Podcast Network. You guys have a great week and go play with cars.